and welcome to Panorama. I am your co-host, Dan Torres, and I am here today with Sarah Robertson. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing great, Dan. Who do we have on the show today? Amy Kayleen from the Downtown Northampton Association. So lovely to be here. Dan Amy, Amy, I was going to say, as I usually get greeted with in this <laughs> <It's> building. iconic. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted you on this show because we just read in the news uh, very recently, that Mama Iguanas is closing after 16 years. Are you going to make news. me cry right at the start of the show? Are you a fan? Come on Are now. you a fan? Did you go there often? Who hasn't gone to Mama Iguanas? Oh, I mean, uh, that's like a Northampton icon. staple. Yeah, I was there. I love the logo. The food was great. <laughs> um, what happened to them? Let's start there. Why are they closing? Um, well, I'm not Claudio, but um, it's, as one might imagine, it's a hard time to run one small business, um, especially if that business is a restaurant, and he's running two, um, and he got them and their staff through COVID, and I think that was a long haul, um, and Claudio's been doing this for a long time, and so my my guess is it's just, you know, at a certain point, um, it's expensive, and it's hard, mm -hmm. and he has kids, and I think it might just have been time to focus on one restaurant as opposed to try and balance two and have any semblance of a family a life. Family, yeah. And also it's probably one of the victims to COVID, right? I mean, we think about like what COVID has done to the environment and businesses. It's changed a little sure. bit, right? I mean, they made it through COVID, but it's not exactly like this post COVID, whatever we're calling it phase is mm -hmm. easy. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, the cost of everything is ridiculous and, uh, it's just, yeah, it's a hard time was, to own a restaurant. And, you know, that's something I wanted to ask you about. I mean, it's it seems like for a lot of restaurants, inflation is hitting them hard, right, in the pocketbooks. Because inflation affects us as consumers to buy right. things. But the businesses have to buy the products Absolutely. from their suppliers, right? And those right. costs are also going up, right? They, and then you add labor. Tell sure. us. Sure. I wish, I wish I had some numbers at my fingertips to tell you. But... Um, I, what was most surprising, I've had this conversation with a number of um, businesses, especially restaurants, and things like um, avocados or beef, you, I mean, we see those prices at the grocery store going up. And so that doesn't, that didn't necessarily shock me. But when they started going through a list of all the things they buy, so paper towels, gloves for the kitchen, cooking oil, like all of those things that at least I don't typically think about when I sit down at a place like Mama's to eat. Mm -hmm. All of those costs are going up across the board. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, we see that reflected a bit in increased prices um, at restaurants around town. But at the same time, um, there's only so much people will pay for a muffin. <laughs> and You won't pay $8 for your muffin? <laughs> I mean, there are some good muffins downtown, so don't hold me to that. But... Um, yeah, I think it's hitting them really hard, and and there's a there's a max, especially if you're a cafe, um, of, for how much you can absorb and how much you can pass on. Mm, that's right. Um, well, you know, that's it's a, it's a difficult environment as you're describing, but people are resilient, and the businesses are resilient here in downtown. So I, I want to get into this. Is I also read when I saw Mama Iguana's was closing, that six new restaurants will be opening in Northampton. So Amy, tell us, what are <laughs> well, these places and where are they? Might I say six new six new businesses? Sorry, six new um, businesses. What not did I all say? our restaurants. You said six oh, new restaurants, restaurants, which would be amazing. And maybe we'll get there by, I'm going to be optimistic, by mid-2023. But um, right now we have uh, 
three or I'll call them three and a half new restaurants, depending on how you treat King Street. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Gombo, which is going to be a New Orleans wine and oyster bar, is going in where Wine Witch used to be. That's um, on Main Street. They are, as the name would suggest, wine, oysters, and Cajun cuisine. I love Cajun cuisine. I will be eating there. I'm a fan. Super I love excited. Gumbo. And I love it's, it. Uh, there's space. You know, it's that very small space. If you've mm-hmm. been in Wine Witch or Belly of the Beast, I just think it's a yep. great cozy restaurant space. And they're um, hoping to open mid-April. So fingers that's crossed. That's exciting. That. Wow, that's coming up. Very exciting. Um, if you walk by, they've done some repainting. And they uh, give them a follow on social. They've been posting food glamour shots that mm. um, are enticing. I'm hungry. Already, right? Um, Miriam's Cafe is going in in the old Dobra Tea space. So um, Miriam's, the woman who owns the cafe, currently runs a Moroccan wedding catering business. And now she's bringing that food to an actual um, eat-in cafe in the Dobra space. And we'll have part of that space be a shop where you can purchase um, Moroccan goods that she and her family have acquired during their travels. Moroccan food is so good. I mean, it's so good. I just... um, Absolutely. the, the Moroccan places we have around here are just amazing. I go to them all the time. It's just the food is just amazing. I've never eaten anything I don't like. No, it's, never. It's incredible. And so I'm super yeah. excited about this. Um, it's a woman and her mom, and I feel like whenever anybody brings their mom into it, I it's like the, they're, they're throwing the everything best, at it. Yeah, like the family business. So family very business. excited about that. She's also looking to open sometime in April. Um, and then a bubble tea place called Nice Tea is going in at the former Starbucks on Main Street. Oh, okay. I don't know when they're opening. They're doing a bunch of renovations inside, so I'm excited to see what they do with the space to sort of make it their own. Yeah. Um, and then the half on King Street, Tandem Bagel, which used to be at Northampton Athletic Club, mm-hmm. has moved down to Stop and Shop, and Wild Roots is moving in at Northampton Athletic Club. So they're a... Um, well, they're popping up all over the place. Yeah, they're yeah. a cafe. They're based, I think, in Sunderland, mm-hmm. that little um, sandwich shop cafe by the bridge up in Sunderland. And so now they'll have an outpost on King Street that I'm super excited about. Wow, that's great. You know, bringing in the healthy... Totally. Healthy options. Yeah. That that sells here in Northampton, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that's a bunch of um, great, new, exciting restaurant places. And then you may have also read that Woodstar just sold to Esalon. Yeah. Um, I'm promised no changes at Woodstar, uh, which is great because there are some things there that I feel Absolutely like I can't adore. live without. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they, they have been businesses that have worked closely together in any, you know, over the past few years. So it's a transition that feels like it'll be pretty seamless and makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the environment is causing some changes to happen, right? And so it's nice sure. that Echelon is kind of investing in, in Woodstar and kind of bringing it into the fold and maybe growing. It's a great yeah. place. I, I love going to that cafe, Echelon, yeah. and, and Woodstar. Yeah. Um, but, the you know, the parking is a little difficult uh, at Echelon there. I was going to say, surely not at Woodstar. Not the at Masonic Woodstar. Street lot. No, Masonic right Street there. is right there across the street. I meant Echelon is. <laughs> but great food. I mean, just I love the, the lunch options they have. It's yep. so great. And it's always packed. And there's like a line outside the door. It's what incredible. I love about this conversation is yeah. I have no idea right now if you're talking about Woodstar or Echelon. Because I both. feel like it rings true for both. Oh, so. oh yeah. Well, it's for both. Both. I was thinking Esalon, but you know what? Uh, and Woodstar's I was thinking the same. Woodstar, and See? I feel the same exact way. So it's great. Um, I have a question. Sure. Um, do you feel like this is kind of a high rate of turnover for Northampton restaurants or businesses in general right now, or is this kind of a response maybe to COVID? Or what have you seen in your well, experience? Well, I think that um, 
this is a high rate of storefronts being filled sort of all at once, which I think is actually great. I think the storefronts, if you tracked when they closed, it was over a considerable period of time. Um, and I think a lot of those closures were, um, well, some of those closures were COVID related or just, you know, the post COVID economics that we were talking about. Um, I don't think it was, it's not like all of these six closed last month and now we're all reopening now. So it's just part of that cycle, huh? It's yeah. a, yeah, I think we're in a bit of a growth cycle. There's a lot of new, um, business owners downtown bringing some great energy. And I think this is just, I feel like this is part of a recovery cycle. Mm. And are they taking advantage of the tax incentive program? What a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two of them are, and I'm not sure exactly which two. Um, the city has uh, this uh, vacant property, vacant storefront program. Mm-hmm. Um, they're limited to two businesses that, that can take advantage of it um, each year, and they have to qualify in various ways. The storefront has to have been vacant for a certain period of time. And um, and so there are two businesses that are in the process of taking advantage of it now, Um there's an application process and you have to talk to the state. And so it's not just, it's a state program, not a city, but the city is um, sort of, it's in partnership with the city. So they're going through that process. And so my question now. there is, how do you choose the two? Is, do we know? Like, do, do they have to apply to the city? Is, how does that work? Um, they do reach out to the city. I don't know okay. exactly how they're chosen, but I know that there are certain qualifications. So I don't know they, if the two are just... Um, by the time they waded through the state qualification, these are the mo- two that qualified, two. Um, mm-hmm. or what? But. Yeah, and and so the, is the funds the tax? Is it like a tax incentive? Does it reduce the rent because the storefront had been empty for so long? Like, do, do we know it's, the details? Um, it's a twenty thousand dollar incentive, and it's mm-hmm. split ten thousand from the city, which I believe is just a ten thousand um, dollar grant. And $10,000 in tax credits from the state of Massachusetts, which can be applied towards Massachusetts taxes that the business yeah. incurs yeah, Over operations. Forward. Wow. That's amazing. That's, it's that's nice a to considerable yeah. amount of money. Yeah. So it's a yeah. great yeah. amount. Again, I think the trick is, um, A, qualifying, and B, at a time when we have six new businesses, um, you know, it's unfortunate that the city is limited to To two. only two. That's yeah. the but big that's, issue. Um, yeah. You know, that's... Out of the city's hands. That's a state. Oh, that's a state regulation, regulation thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're talking here with Amy Kayleen from the DNA from Downtown Northampton Association here on Panorama, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to Panorama. I'm your co-host Dan Torres. I'm here with Sarah Robertson. We are talking with Amy Kayleen about Downtown Northampton and the businesses there. Amy, I've been also reading. Uh, we, we talked about. Mama Iguana and the new businesses. But Every also, time you say I've been also reading, my heart skips a beat. Like what what possible topic is coming down coming the road up, now? I know. Ready? <laughs> I'm ready Liquor for Liquor licenses. Of this course. has been, been talked about a lot by local politicians, the mayor of Northampton, and also a business owner, Sewer, Sewer, however you pronounce his name. No idea what you're talking about. favorite landlord. So um, you might have heard of him. Uh, so I want to know, uh, why is it important for Northampton to have more liquor licenses to local businesses? Uh, well, I think maybe it would depend a little on who you ask, but from my perspective, I know that there are at least um, three of our existing longtime restaurants who have been trying to get an all-alcohol liquor license and haven't been able to, either on the open market or through the lottery system. Um, and uh, these are restaurants that have 
put in their time, that have, you know, demonstrated longevity, that are great community partners. Um, and so it, for that reason alone, it's frustrating to me that we haven't had the ability to allow them to have an all alcohol license um, mm. when there are other restaurants that have had that opportunity. Um, and they make good money from it, right? I mean, that's part of it, right? The profitability helps, right? Sure, absolutely. All these absolutely. costs are going up, and it's like you've had a liquor license, you can make some money I from it. I think almost any restaurant owner that I've talked to has said that um, liquor is where they can make a lot of money. I yeah. think that's a pretty common yeah. accepted fact. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're a restaurant, either an existing one that's looking to maybe increase your margins, or if you're a new restaurant debating whether or not to come to town... Um, the ability to hold an all-alcohol license, I think, is a pretty important one for your financial bottom line. And it, and it also goes with food. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, and I was just shocked when I heard that Paul and Elizabeth's was going to be getting a liquor license. And I was like, they don't already have one? Like a staple in... <laughs> right. They are one of the long... Um, long-term restaurants that doesn't that doesn't have that doesn't have an all alcohol I think there's an important distinction that oh, right. um, the ones that we're talking about are all alcohol not just um, beer and wine mm. right because you can definitely get a glass of wine there I'm not <laughs> I'm not going crazy here yeah um, and is that a state or city regulation of how many liquor licenses can it's you have? It's the Commonwealth of Massachusetts so and our puritanical desire to <laughs> rein in how much uh, any one town can drink. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So maybe maybe that has to change at the state level at some point. It would right? be great if it would. I wouldn't hold your breath. But it right now the state awards liquor licenses on the basis of your population. Of your population. Okay. Right. And then you can... Um, if you want more than that, you can go to the state legislature and request more. And that's what Northampton is doing now. Mm. Right. And there's a limited number of them in the city right now. Yes. And we have these music venues that have been kind of sitting fallow for a while. And we know that Pearl Street just lost their liquor license. Which right. Freed up another license. Um, yeah. Know, don't talk a bit about that lost opportunity right now. Or, or um, um, Well, I, can I first say that it didn't, um, it didn't free up a liquor license oh. yet. Um, so... I, lest people think there is um, one that's sitting there that nobody is taking advantage of. Um, it, the license was um, pulled from Pearl Street, but, in, but uh, the owner of Pearl Street has appealed that decision. So there's a process with the ABCC that the city and the owner have to go through before the city actually holds that license and can redistribute. And the state gets to... Uh, adjudicate the appeal? Is that how it works? Yes. Okay. Right. If, if they keep the license or not. Is the license controlled by the city or the state? I'm confused with these liquor licenses. Like, who gets the final say in any it's of this? It's very confusing. Um, the uh, the state at the end of the day. The state at the end of the day, yeah. right? I mean, okay. the, the city has control over um, how they distribute some of these licenses, um, but the ABCC is really the overarching mm. entity. So, At least so far as I understand. As far as I understand. Okay. I want to go into another business here in downtown that's gotten a lot of press in these last few months. And it's why you're here, Amy, on Panorama. It's the marijuana businesses. <laughs> They're popular. They're sure. big. But I'm also really starting to read articles that some of them are starting to leave. Well, what's going on with the marijuana businesses locally? Do we have too many, too few? Is the market working its place? What's I happening? I think the market is doing what the market does, right? I, we do have a lot of marijuana businesses downtown, um, but we also have a lot of restaurants. We have a lot of liquor stores. We have a lot of car dealerships. And I think that um, we probably can only sustain so many uh, dispensaries. And I think at the end of the day, my guess would be that the ones that have 
some sort of hook or niche or vibe um, are going to be the ones that last. And I'm thinking that's what's starting to play out now. Right. I guess a lot of states are also having their own marijuana businesses open up too, right? Connecticut, New York, Vermont, neighboring states. So they don't need to necessarily come here. I also read, and this could be wrong, but I'm going to say it, that Northampton has as many marijuana businesses as Boston proper has. Not the Boston metro area, but the Boston proper, Brighton and Alston. And that makes me think like, look, we love marijuana, but that that seems excessive in proportionality. There's a um, lot of people living in Boston proper. That, uh, Is that a rumor? Somebody who spent my share of time in an apartment in Brighton, I feel like maybe I'd want to question those numbers. Ooh, I, ooh. I, 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 know, I know the fact is most per capita in the state. Northampton has the most, most dispensaries per capita. per capita. Okay. Yeah. Then Dan might be spreading misinformation <laughs> on here. Fact check it, edit it out if we need to. You know what? I, I'll do whatever I want, Sarah. I will leave it in and get sued by somebody. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, go ahead. Get back to our conversation. But go ahead, get back. How has the public like received this influx of cannabis businesses in your eyes? I know that there was like traffic concerns when Netta opened up and that was a... A national event, like people right, came from right. all over to come to that, and then the community in Florence really didn't want to see a pot shop go in on the corner where the pizza place used sure. to be. Sure. So, how, how has the reception been? Um, I think you know, I definitely hear sometimes that oh, Northampton has too many pot shops, um, but I think that the dispensaries we have, by and large, have done ha- have been very community oriented. Um, I haven't heard of any complaints of. Um, noise outside their facilities or underage people getting um, marijuana. I think they all are incredibly vigilant about um, following all of the regulations, especially because it's a new industry. And I think people have sunk a lot of money into these businesses and don't want to risk losing their license. So I, I, other than just sort of the general, oh, there's too many, I Mm -hmm. haven't really heard um, any negative complaints about them. Mm. And they've been, uh, they brought a lot of money to the city too in taxes. And um, what are those payments that are supposed to offset any bad things that happen? <laughs> what are those called? Oh, God. I don't remember what they're um, called. Commu- er, community impact agreements? Yeah. Um, those are the agreements that yeah. they sign. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember what the payments are called, but they have but, brought in yeah. some. Um, yeah, they did bring in some money, um, which was beneficial to the city. I don't know that it was quite as much as everybody anticipated and or I, everybody says. but And I've also seen uh, articles referencing that marijuana cafes are the next up, that they want to go from right. dispensaries to cafes. And sure. the state is now looking at how to regulate this. And, you know, if the marijuana business is growing here or is very large here in Northampton, as Sarah tells us, it's the largest concentration per capita in the state, it's likely that somebody is going to come up with the idea to open up a cafe. Has Have you heard sure. anything mentioned about that in any kind of conversations and talk? Is that possible around here? I think it's highly possible. Yeah. Um, I know there was a, um, I think there was one empty storefront that had an option for a while um, held by a dispensary that was hoping, hoping to do a um, cafe, mm. but the legislation just didn't move anywhere near fast enough, obviously. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, there are a couple of existing um, dispensaries that have adjacent eateries that I can imagine um, would make a very logical 
place to try something like that. Yeah. It's like as the industry consolidates, then people are going to be looking for new sort of niches within the market. And I can just see cafes just making sense with the, the overall business. It's the kind of to expand from just having a dispensary. Absolutely. I know it's not in Northampton, but I still can't get over the proposal to have the topless marijuana dispensary <laughs> in Waitley at the old <laughs> Castaway Lounge. If you're talking about niche, <laughs> that would be a niche. I <laughs> that is. <laughs> okay, we're talking here with Amy Kayleen from DNA, Downtown Northampton Association on Panorama. We'll continue the conversation. And welcome to Panorama. I am Dan Torres here uh, with my co-host, Sarah Robertson, and we're chatting with Amy Kayleen from the Downtown Northampton Association. Amy, we've been talking about businesses in downtown, marijuana businesses, liquor licenses, mama iguana, six new businesses opening up. But what's actually happening to the redesign projects of downtown Northampton. There's been so much written about it. I remember during COVID, there was a temporary redesign. Give us an update on that. <laughs> I can give you the update that I have because I, um, I too have been wondering exactly where we are in that timeline. And I'm told that, um, so the city had to submit what's called a 25% plan to the Mass Department of Transportation, which they did some time ago. That was, there was a bunch of Zoom meetings about that, um, I think during the end of COVID. And there's going to be a public hearing about that at the end of April, I believe, um, at which point that 25%, which is really, as I understand it, the bulk of um, the infrastructure design, that will be decided and locked in. Um, so and it's then, decided at that meeting in, at the end of April. It's approved at that meeting it's by the Department at that of meeting. Transportation, right? Okay. Um, I think it's I think it's been talked about um, at length at all of the various um, Zooms and public meetings that were held by the city, um, and so this is um, just the final official approval by the Mass Department of Transportation, so that the project can move forward. And do we know what the project entails? Like, wh what is it that it seems like is the the winning design here. I'll tell you what I believe it is, but okay. I haven't seen the actual proposal. So put okay. 700 asterisks around. This mm -hmm. is just Amy's best guess. Amy's best uh, guess. I believe. Um, so if you remember during the Main Street redesign, there were, I think, three or four different alternatives. Some had four lanes, some had three, some had parallel parking, some had um, angled parking, wider sidewalks, narrower sidewalks. I believe the proposal that's gone through is the three-lane proposal with wider sidewalks, angled parking, lots of trees. Wow. And a, and a bike lane. I don't know where the bike lane is. That's exciting. I mean, that, that seems like it's... I think it's very exciting. I You know, it's change, and change is always hard and scary, and um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't terrified about the construction process. Mm -hmm. But um, I do think the vision of a downtown with wider sidewalks and lots of trees and the ability to do more um, outside of our businesses would be great. And, um, you know, there's a lot of repairs that I think are being held off until this project goes through mm. that I think um, will be really welcome. Do business owners come to you, Amy, and say, oh, uh, you know, this new redesign, it's going to cause traffic jams and headaches and my customers aren't going to be coming in. Is that a big concern for downtown businesses as, as a redesign happens that it will affect and impact their businesses at this fragile moment? 
I think the only um, wide uh, overarching thing that I would say is the redesign is a big concern or the construction process is a big concern. Um, uh, business owners come to me all the time to talk about the redesign, and there are probably as many different opinions on it as there are business owners. So I would never, mm-hmm. I could never say, oh, the downtown business community feels X. Um, mm-hmm. There are some people that are really cannot wait and are super excited. There are some people that um, are dreading the change um, and everything in between. And what are some of the specific um, goals and intentions of the redesign project? <laughs> Um, I would I would probably punt that to the city, but from my <laughs> right. perspective, I I think um, safety is the number one goal. That um, the city does have these reports that say there are a lot of traffic crashes downtown. As somebody who navigates downtown both on foot and in a car on a daily basis, um, it's a wide street, and some of those crosswalks, if you're a pedestrian, do feel a little bit like Frogger. Not to date myself with that reference. Um, and see people who aren't familiar with downtown sometimes don't know how many lanes there even are. No, and I I am one of those people, I think even people that live here disagree. So I vehemently believe there are two lanes on either side, and I frequently find myself behind people who obviously feel that there are one. Um, and I express my frustration in ways that probably I wish I wouldn't sometimes. So I think a redesign for clearer lanes will be great. But I think... Um, in terms of actually responding to your question. I think safety is um, one of the main goals of the redesign. And then I think um, just just beautification and better use of our sidewalks um, and better accessibility for our sidewalks. Right now, they're pretty narrow in some spots. Um, they're pretty bumpy and in need of repair in some spots. If you try to navigate um, Main Street in a wheelchair, I think you'd find it incredibly frustrating at best. Um, so I think there's a lot of upside and room for um, really exciting change and improvement in that area. And I I do sympathize with the business owners who don't want the sidewalk in front of their storefront closed for any amount of time, but hopefully these are growing pains that help bring more people to them. For sure. I think everybody collectively um, knows that it's just a growing pain that we have to go through. I think there's just, um, you know, it's going to be a huge construction project with a huge impact on downtown. And as anybody who's gone through any sort of construction project or home renovation or whatever knows, um, they will tell you that it will take, you know, X amount of time and it will inevitably take Y. And um, it's I think there's just a fear of how long it will take and will people still come downtown during the project or will this be just a huge period of time where there's no foot traffic, no cars, um, which just on the heels of COVID is a really frightening prospect. So. Right. Right, Mm -hmm. but in the long term, staying positive here, it's going to bring more people riding their bikes, walking. If you can integrate that into the need for greater housing options near downtown, you can actually start creating a more vibrant downtown area because people aren't having to use their car to get to places because more people are living within walking distance of downtown. I mean, that has to be sort of the mindset, right, that both city and state officials are looking for is to create greater density within downtown as you make these investments, right? Sure. And I think um, as you were talking, I was just thinking about that new project on King Street that's going to be going up in roughly the same time frame, um, which will bring a... What is uh, that? uh, Where Goggins Real Estate is, they're um, putting in a big development, multi-level... apartment or con I'm not sure if it's condo probably condos um 
development right there on King Street, which will be a whole bunch of people right within walking distance of downtown. Um, so I think you're absolutely right that increased density and the ability to come downtown um, on foot or on your bike um, will be easier um, and a more enticing option after this redesign. Mm. Um, and hopefully preserving also some parking for those people who can't come downtown by foot or on a bike and who still, um, you know, for whatever reason, need to drive. Sure. Yeah, and we're going to keep the rainbow crosswalk, right? Absolutely. Okay, just checking. Otherwise, <laughs> um, I'll meet you at midnight and we can repaint it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I always find that the parking situation in Northampton, it's it's sometimes a struggle to find one in like right next to your business. But you know what? The garage is always open. And I don't know. I mean, I guess you could... <sighs> I guess it's it's a mobility thing. You might not want to walk five minutes, but honestly, when I park at the garage, it takes me three minutes to get to to another place. Like, it, it, there's a, always plenty of parking. I, I'm sorry, this is one of my things where <laughs> I hear people complain. Oh, the the customers complain there isn't enough parking right in front of the restaurant or or the business or the bookstore, right. and it's like. I, I mean, what do you want? What do you want the parking like space to be reserved be for you? If we weren't complaining about parking in some capacity during a conversation, so I appreciate it. Sorry, um, and I no, no need to apologize. Um, I am one of those people that I think I've said this probably on this radio station before that I have found myself driving around the block five times to get that parking spot in front of a business when I know. When I go to New York or Boston, it doesn't phase me in the slightest to ditch my car as soon as humanly possible and walk 10 blocks and not even like I presume that's what I'm going to do. But somehow my brain, when I get to downtown Northampton, just thinks like you can't possibly walk from the garage mm -hmm. um, when, of course, you can. And like, I none wish, of the lots are that yeah. far out. And, and I wish the like the, the diagonal parking that we have was reserved for people who maybe struggled with mobility and wanted to get to a right. place where it would take them much longer. Like, I care about that. That's important. They should maybe have reserved spaces for that. But I'm thinking for everybody else, for a lot of people who come downtown, they don't have mobility. It's right. laziness. For it's the me's of the lazy. world, it's, yeah. we need to um, yeah. park in the Sorry, I will lots. rant against them on the airwaves. <laughs> That's what I do. All right. Well, uh, let's, well, before we take a break, I'm, I'm going to share my vision here as mayor. And if I was thinking about downtown, <laughs> right? And so it's like, I like, the direction the redesign is happening. So when you told me about what potentially could be the redesign, mm -hmm. I like it because I think it's it's where people want to go is I don't want to drive to a supermarket 20 minutes into Hadley to go buy the things that I need. Instead, I'd rather get out of my apartment, walk downtown somewhere, and find it maybe in different stores. I'm helping local businesses. I'm not using my car, right? We all talk about climate change. Right. And right. clients and making sustainability. It's like those choices you make individually, they add up over time, over the years, especially when you start accounting for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people. So I, I just think that the way you have to think about it is we have to accommodate people and find a way to attract them to downtown. And I think this is happening, especially when you add up more bike lanes, more walkable places. You were talking about new apartments mm -hmm. going up on King Street or condos or whatever it is. But more people will, will be able to access downtown by foot. And that has to be sort of the impetus. And I know it hurts, it's going to hurt some businesses. There's no doubt about it, probably a little bit on the margins. But at the same time, you have to think about it sort of as a long-term strategic plan. So I'm only bringing this up because I, I once watched this 
a documentary, I think on PBS, about Bogota, Colombia. Yep. And they talked about how ugly Bogota was uh, years ago before this guy named Petro, who is the current president of Colombia, um, was actually mayor of Bogota. And he proposed, you know, actually eliminating roads and creating more walkable spaces. And I'll tell you, all the business leaders, everybody walking around said, you're crazy. You're going to eliminate the roads. People aren't going to be able to come downtown. He's like, no, we're going to make it walkable and visible. There's always resistance to change. I think that's right. like almost something in human nature. It's like, we don't like change. But you know what? Today, it's more walkable. People love it. People are able to, you know, find new new places to hang out, uh, little parks and trees. It, it, you begin to reconceptualize humans can adapt. And I think humans don't want to adapt because it goes back to laziness. I don't really have a question for you, Amy. <laughs> and you get to say what you like about any of that. I, about 700 things came through my mind as you were talking. Only 700? Um, well, maybe a few more. Uh, a couple. The, the first one that came to mind, and I, I've never been to Bogota, though I would love to go. I would be curious to know how this works down here. I think Northampton has always, or at least more recently, had this tension between are we building a downtown for the people that actually live here um, or are we building a downtown for the people who come and visit? Um, and that that making it more bikeable and walkable and all of that as somebody who lives here and who is able-bodied and can walk, that sounds amazing and magical to me. Imagining my 80-year-old parents driving up and trying to navigate that downtown um, or a tourist who's coming from, I don't know, Chicago and trying to navigate that downtown. Um, it, I just hope we can keep a balance, and I think we can, um, of being welcoming to people who are coming in as a tourist, coming to visit the college or whatever, and it's building a downtown that, that functions for the people that want to live and work and walk and bike yeah. there. Okay, we're talking here with Amy Kayleen here on Panorama. I'm Dan Torres here with Sarah Robertson, and we'll continue the conversation about downtown Northampton. Northampton recently sure. elected Jean Louis Shara as as mayor, so that's exciting. But there's going to be obviously a lot of challenges. We've been talking about a lot of those challenges for Northampton. Let's just start with. What do you see as her vision for downtown local business? What's the plan that you think that she, and I know it's just been a couple weeks, but what are your initial indications for, uh, for, for, for city government's support of local businesses currently? Oh my gosh. Well, um, she's barely had a chance to warm up her chair behind her desk. So let's give her that. Um, but I would say that it, it um, feels to me um, in the few small business related interactions that we've had thus far, um, that she is committed to not only um, making sure that our small businesses um, survive the pandemic, but in looking long-term at how to create a downtown um, or grow our downtown in a way that is um, supportive of small businesses. Um, I guess the the example that's coming to mind while you were talking was at city council meeting a couple of weeks ago, um, she presented an order that would um, basically allow her office to be the point person and decision maker for outdoor dining, much as um, Mayor Narkowitz had done during the past, um, you know, the summers during COVID. Um, that's a um, that taking that authority um, and putting that out to city council is um, critical for our restaurant community in getting outdoor dining up and running. Um, and she didn't have to do that. She could have just 
sat by, but I felt like she took the initiative to get out in front of outdoor dining to take the steps that she needed to support outdoor dining. Um, mm. And I love that she and her team were willing to do that. Yeah, because, I mean, late March is, is just around the corner, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and you can start to eat outside even in New England in, in late March. It's a little chilly on some days, but some days, I, can you believe this? this I mean, we're recording this. A couple of days away from Post the storm, storm. <laughs> but but you know, early uh, this past week, it, it's going to reach fifty-five degrees. Yeah. So yeah. there are times where the temperature in February is uh, quite uh, hospitable to eating outside. I mean, fifty-five isn't <laughs> great, sure. but you know, so sure. you, you know, it's great that she's moving on, giving that. No authority. one's going to eat with Dan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even if the weather's not hospitable now, it's. Um, uh, restaurant planning for outdoor dining doesn't just happen with a snap of the fingers. It takes some ramping up and staffing yep. issues and getting the umbrellas and setting up the plants. And so, um, you know, knowing as early in advance that the city is willing to make that happen again um, is really critical for restaurants. And so yeah. that was a great indication to me that um, she's willing to be nimble and flexible and supportive of our business community. Yeah. And so now I, I want to ask you the, the, the hard question here about downtown. There's been a lot of conversation over the you last... You haven't gotten couple... to the hard ones? No, yet. no, no, no. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the challenging one right here. Is, you have uh, to run out to Netta first. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, a, there's been a lot of debate and uh, conversation about how downtown Northampton should look. How should the roads look? Should we have more bikes? Should we have more paths? Mm -hmm. And all of these changes now are, are, are being discussed. I remember during the pandemic when downtown all of a sudden made a couple changes. There was a lot, there was more, uh, more bike lanes, but the parking was uh, now parallel parking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so they, they made those adjustments. And I'm curious uh, from, from your perspective, uh, Amy, uh, what do you think is, is, the direction that we're headed and what's your feeling of what would be best for local businesses? Wow. Um, okay. Um, I, <laughs> I told you it was going to be a hard one. I warned you. You had time so as I was setting things. up that question for Netta. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I, I am, I am cautiously excited about where um, the look of downtown is going or where the, where the Main Street Redesign Project will go. Um, I don't know that I would want to say, oh, this this particular layout is what I would pick or what I think would be best for Northampton. Um, and I know that there are um, businesses and residents on all sides mm -hmm. of, of the debate, and it's such a nuanced conversation that I could never possibly do it justice. But thinking a few things on my checklist or my dream wish list about downtown that I think mm -hmm. this project could accomplish. Um, I love that our sidewalks will be um, repaired or replaced. There's, there's, they're in need. Mm -hmm. So I think that will be a great outcome if nothing else. Um, I love the possibility of wider sidewalks for more outdoor dining. I think yeah. that will be great. I think um, better safety for pedestrians crossing um, those long crosswalks. Um, is always a good thing. So I am in favor of, of all of those things. And I think the Main Street Redesign Project has um, so much potential for those um, and more to be realized. Um, Can you talk a little bit about yeah. parking? I mean, I hear that from a lot of businesses that they want more parking and it's sometimes hard to find parking that's convenient in Northampton. What do you think about that parking situation with the redesign? 
Somebody said to me last week, if I never talk about parking again, I'll be glad. And I have never <laughs> felt a sentence more in my life. <laughs> I, I think a lot of things about parking downtown. Um, and I think it's also a hard conversation to have mid pandemic because it feels very foolhardy to say, oh, there's not enough parking downtown. If in the middle of COVID you drive downtown and there's like 75 open spaces. Um, I think much of what I feel about parking is less whether we have enough spaces or not, but whether those spaces are the right kinds of spaces in the right spots with the right signs. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, COVID we've, people have switched to a lot of takeout. Um, and there are some spots downtown where it can be tricky to find just a spot to pull in, grab your takeout and go. Um, so I, I think about that. Um, I think uh, we have a lot of uh, huge parking lots and garages that are sort of off of the main street but sometimes we, myself included, I'm guilty of this, um, feel like we need to get the parking spot that's right in front of the door of the place we wanna go in so we can run in and out. And I'm trying to change my mindset at least um, that you know it really is only a five minute walk from the garage to Main Street, surely I can handle that. Um, so I think just thinking more creatively about the parking that exists there um, would benefit us all. Yeah. And it's pretty um, affordable, I have to say. It's it's not, what is it, the first hour you don't pay and then it's like 50 cents or 75 cents? And then it's cents. like 75 cents. 75 cents. I sometimes think about my parking habits if I go into New York versus my parking habits downtown and the things that I'm willing to tolerate in Manhattan versus tolerate in downtown Northampton <laughs> are so staggeringly different. And I I can't explain to you in my mind why that is but <laughs> i will walk 10 blocks and pay 35 dollars an hour in in new york and some days downtown the prospect of having to walk like five storefronts and pay two dollars is i don't know so i feel like we all need to i don't yeah, know it's, it's an adjustment we need a parking adjustment it's a parking adjustment that's what we'll call it that's great <laughs> that's great and, and, and i'm curious in any plan, it looks like people, there's going to be more green space and more bicycles, mm -hmm. right? There's going to be more activities. I think we've seen this. Yep. You know, when I walk around, if I could just make a, a quick side note about the Hampshire Mall. I mean, I'm only 37, but I remember the Hampshire Mall when I was a young kid, even a teenager. It was bustling. There were people everywhere in the mall, and they were just walking around, especially on a Thursday or Friday. And there was the two malls. Mm -hmm. And there were two malls. Yeah. There was the old mall, yeah. right, where, yeah. where Walmart around mm -hmm. that area but today, I just go there, and it's just a Target and a movie theater, and there are a lot of stores that are trying to bring out the experience. It's like, yep. like come, and, come and enjoy this experience mm -hmm. here and come yeah. pay for it. And I think that's just a real yeah. challenge to get people through the door because you don't know what the experience is. You don't know what you're getting. Right. And uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge that I think a lot of uh, malls and, and businesses are facing, and I just think having more activities and green space mm -hmm. kind of satisfies that in a downtown setting for Northampton. That's why I'm bringing it up. It's mm -hmm. like people aren't just going to want to shop. They're going to want to just sit and relax and enjoy right. and enjoy looking around and just kind of, you know, relaxing maybe with family and maybe with people. But I think that's going to be an attraction that downtown has to integrate. Uh, and it's already started. I'm not saying I, there isn't in Northampton, but. No. And I was gonna, just going to say, I, you're making me think of, um, I think that was part of the reason that Summer on Strong last summer was so successful was that that, that was a place downtown, even though it was um, tied to restaurants there, that was a place where you could go and sit. You could get a coffee at Familiars and and be outside and people watch. And, um, and there's 
there's not a lot of spaces downtown, oddly, where you can do that. Right. You think um, it's you so think I, there's a good prospect of it coming back? I think there's a a solid prospect, yes. Solid Better than prospect. good. Better than good. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's exciting right there. Okay, final <laughs> question. If you had one wish for downtown Northampton, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. I, I told had you. one wish Dan, for with downtown the tough Northampton. Questions today. It's, it's tough questions. Amy thought this was going to be softball. No, you guys are really um, <laughs> throwing them all here. I, I have I have about six million wishes for downtown Northampton and one each for all of the businesses, too. But I guess if I had... <laughs> One wish for downtown Northampton. Um, I would love for all of our businesses that are there to um, keep their doors open and thrive during during 2022 and beyond, and the empty storefronts to be filled with new independent businesses. Oh. That's maybe two wishes, but I'm going to shove yeah. them into one. We'll, we'll, we'll let that slide here on Panorama. <laughs> but we've been speaking with Amy Kayleen, the Executive Director of Downtown Northampton Association, DNA. Amy Kayleen, thanks so much for coming on Panorama. Really appreciate your time and uh, sharing your thoughts about Downtown Northampton. Oh my gosh, the pleasure was all mine. So happy to be on. Thanks for having me.